0: Welcome to Staying at the Table. We are friends and community, part of a church called Cornerstone Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Despite our many differences, we aim to stay at the table, which means we don't walk away from each other when we disagree. We believe the best relationships come when we are willing to listen to each other, showing love even when we continue to see the world differently.
1: In this episode, we continue the conversation on how we came to our statement of inclusion and the story behind it. James gets to answer the question that I interrupted last week because we had come to the end of our last um, podcast, and we talk about the our stories, we talk about our perspective, and we continue to discuss how it felt, how we got there, and some of the behind-the-scenes information. So welcome again.
2: Welcome back to Staying at the Table. My name is Matt Kissler, and I'm joined here today by Sophia Futris, James Beatty, Tracy Saletta, and we are continuing our conversation on our church's process through discerning our approach to the LBGTQIA plus conversation. So if you have not listened to part one of this conversation, our last episode, I'd highly Encourage you to do so. Uh, it kind of sets the table. We are just continuing right where we left off, which was I asked a question and then was unceremoniously cut <laughs> off by Pastor Tracy. But um, that question was to hand it over to James as from an African American pers- uh, as an African American person. How did that shape your experience of this conversation?
0: You know. So in in most of these conversations, I like to uh, uh, tell the real, and then you know what was kind of my knee jerk uh, reflex, and then how did I work through that? the the, the knee jerk reflex was, doggone it, we're not going to let another group's issues get ahead of African American issues as it relates to society, mm-hmm. right? So there, that's a very human response. I'm like, look, I got my own troubles. Can I, do, can I deal with those? Um, fortunately, I have good people around me to help me to work through my knee-jerk reactions. And what that does or for me is to broaden the scope. And what I mean by that is, what are the common elements I see in any oppressed group in what we go through? And how do we look past them? How do we work out of them? At this point in time, again, it was in seminary. So we're studying all of these different issues where parallels within the church that oppressed people and did so using Scripture. So some may or may not remember that marriage between different ethnicities was at one point illegal. Yeah that uh, having African-Americans as leaders was in, in the church was not illegal, but not uh, sanctioned, right? Uh, you couldn't be a pastor in a organized church. In fact, it wasn't until the early 1920s when there was an African-American denomination that was not overseen by a white denomination, right? So you have all these parallels where church, Sanctioned oppression. um, Women being leaders. Uh, And so I started processing all of these issues through the same lens of how is it that within the church we found it okay to systematically oppress and subjugate almost everyone, almost everyone. If you are not a white uh, male, heterosexual male, at one point in time throughout history, Christianity has oppressed you. Mm. That's a reality. My Lord. So when you start looking at the issues that way, then you kind of say, whoa, we need to get off this high horse because our record is not strong. Mm. And so now what do I do? Now what do I do instead of continuing to uphold those walls of separation? How do I do what Jesus did, which is to bring people close? That was kind of my working through from um, my African-American experience, Mm -hmm. right? Of first being concerned, oh, am I going to be the—and as as we're talking about this, I'm wondering, in that knee-jerk reaction, was it the fear that I was again going to be put as the target of oppression, Right. If somebody else gets in, right, is that is that uh, the mentality that there's own, there's limited mm-hmm. love, mm-hmm. there's limited mm-hmm. acceptance, and if someone else gets in, that means that limit is getting filled up, and I may be on the other side of it. I, I'm just a thought, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's a long-winded answer to your question, Matt. Of how, as an African American, did I process through it?
2: Yeah. So we, we've kind of talked through the introduction of. How we use the book, A Letter to My Congregation, as a starting point. We talked a little bit about the third way. So I wanted to kind of dig in a little bit more about how that conversation around the third way um, shaped the broader conversation and shaped who we are, you know, where now we refer to ourselves as a center set community. And I think that was really foundational to that. And before, eventually, kind of the end of the road, which is where we started last last time, was our statement of inclusion. That was kind of the end of that particular process as we kind of wrap it up. So Tracy, how did you see, how did you experience the conversation around the third way? What were some of the barriers that we had to overcome? What were some of the challenges and conversations we had there?
1: I would say the greatest barrier that we had to overcome was the Bible clearly says, and that it was difficult for some to release paradigms, to release interpretation, to release that enough to go, is there a third way? Because where we continuously got caught—and I have to say, we had retreats, many retreats surrounding this. Mm. We had elder meetings, which we meet weekly as elders. Surrounding this, so there was very intensive conversation, purposeful conversation, and if it was the interpretation, it was the paradigm of their interpretation of the Bible. Clearly, says these these seven verses, and so so having the conversation about the third way. Sometimes we couldn't even get there Mm -hmm. because. The third way itself was considered to be uh, sinful. The third way itself was considered to be wrong. So I would say that was our greatest barrier that, yeah. that we had to. And I have to, I have to be honest. In in a few cases, we never got over that. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that as time goes on.
2: Yeah, and just as context, most of our conversation was not about let's look at these verses and come to uh, agree on what right. exactly they say. Right. Most of the conversation ended up on the process. Because we were trying to first say, how do we make this decision? And right. if we we kind of knew that we weren't going to come to an agreement, that some people had opinions that, uh, theologically, that weren't going to change, and some people had shifting opinions and so we needed to be prepared to be in disagreement and so there was kind of this process and then the specific thing going on at the same time so sophia how how was that kind of tension and how did that conversation how did you experience it
3: yeah i, th- I think it's good to know if if your congregation or your anything if you're ever going to bring up a kind of conversation like this it's good to know that it's good to be prepared for all the th- the all of the fears all of the opinions all of the experiences and stories that everybody has around this particular issue and i thought i felt like what the i agree with tracy i feel like the most difficult thing was because at this time in history homosexuality and the lgbtq community currently in relation to the church is the hot button issue right 10 years ago it might have been women in ministry or divorce divorce things like that that if you were divorced you you could not be a leader you could not be at the table of leadership and So right now, this is, this was, this is the hot topic. And so when you hit a hot topic, you hit the fire in people and that fire can be ugly and it can be scary and it can be like, it can take you all kinds of places. So I felt like it was hard. I felt like the struggle from a leadership perspective was there was always this wrestle of we couldn't actually have the conversation of coming together on a third way because we kept getting caught on the details of everybody's opinion about one issue. When really, when we stepped back and we were able to step back, the third way conversation was for not just this, this was the pioneering, you know, conversation, but there will be many other things along the way that how do we put that into the third way? And so I feel like that was a, that was a challenge, and it felt like that kept getting us off track to actually be able to negotiate a new way forward.
1: Because we were not saying everybody has to agree. Right. We were saying, how do we make room at the table, and how do we make room when there is disagreement? So we, you're very right, it's very important to note, we were not trying to debate a scripture. Right. We were trying to find a path right. forward but mm-hmm. we kept getting caught in that.
2: And James, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and I want to kind of add in this question of what did we what did you learn is there something that we can do different um next time around um that we learned through
0: going the process this time. <sighs> So I think for those that went through it, you're already prepared, right? You understand the patterns, you you understand the emotions and you understand your own reflexes and how others will respond to that and how to put those in context. Um, What I find, and it may just be me, is that when we learn something we think everybody the world learns it and it doesn't the world is still where it is and it is so if it's anything i would say to get back to your point matt is how do we teach others that haven't gone through these experiences these experiences faster right so there are still those that are very uh anti anti-inclusion of any type of other and they're there and i i i I personally have to resist throwing them overboard because I'm tired. I'm like, I'm, I'm getting older now. I don't have a lot more days on the, on the planet yeah, left. Let me go do the things I like. Let me go be with the people that are also at this place of, Hey, I love people to a passion like Jesus loves them. Right. If you read scripture, all right, for all the scripture heads, um, Jesus loved people with a passion God loves people with a passion even those that he disagreed in chapter eight of John it talks about Jesus just being frustrated with people not getting what he's trying to say but he still loves them and I'm getting tired of people who don't love people like Jesus did that's in the name of Jesus in that. the name of in Jesus.
1: the name of Jesus
0: and so that's my problem that I know I have to deal with
1: <laughs> right yeah. so I'm uh, mm-hmm.
0: right um, my struggle is I want to throw those that are not open over equally bad so it's it's mm-hmm. we're we're discovering new blind spots in, in our own existence and that's what I'm trying to learn um because it's about bringing other people in in uh It's a tough job. Yeah. What else did we learn?
1: You know, I think the challenge at this time is, once again, we're entering into, we're talking about staying at the table. So staying at the table was not only having this conversation, but not vilifying those that disagreed. Mm. And what felt like we could not go forward. Mm-hmm. And and remaining in relationship with those that didn't agree and also not having behind-the-scenes conversations, because in churches, as everybody who's ever been in a church knows, is you try to build factions. and And so trying not to have the conversation among one on you know your peers other elders to try to build a faction but to keep the conversation at the table and 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 with those that were disagreeing and and it felt and i'm just saying it felt this way for me personally that there was almost a stubbornness an unwillingness to discuss the third way which was frustrating which is why it took two two years to, to work through this um but I but trying to respect where they were at as well and not othering them so you know it was it was very challenging it was it was it was a challenging
3: time yeah yeah i I agree i I feel like it's hard to it's hard to hope for a direction and then also feel like there's such resistance and pushback even to a conversation around it. And I think another dynamic that was added in was it was a bigger conversation. And then, you know, part of my journey in it was, am I still going to get to be a leader here? When are we going to, is that going to be part of the conversation? And kind of waiting like which conversation is going to happen where they're going to decide that they can't have me here anymore or you know that's more personal i know we'll get into that later but it, it was it was difficult and it was difficult when some of our conversation then was not kept in the privacy of the elder table and got leaked out to people in the conversation when the conversation was meant to be private. That was also super challenging um, because it was, it was a sensitive topic and it was personal for me. And there was other people in the congregation who I know are, are LGBTQ and, and affecting their lives as well. And so, yeah.
1: Yeah. Can I, so just for the listener um, during this time, also and again i'm i'm pastoring people real people through this so there's the there's the elder system um situation going on and then there's the real people pastoring and so during this time sophia fully embraced who she was mm-hmm. and and felt that it was no longer integritous for for you to um not let people know. Mm -hmm. So Sophia began to share with first people, a couple of people behind the scenes, because you knew that they would be the uh, most challenged by your uh, coming out. Mm -hmm. Let's call it that. And before you brought it to the whole table. Mm -hmm. So you, you slowly began to tell people um, what was happening. And, and then from that moment, um, what happened was you did bring it to the table and then there were people who said they wanted you to step aside mm-hmm. because you, you know, and then we came to the conclusion as an elder team that you needed to remain at the table because your voice was even more important now than it was before. And when did your anointing disappear? Right. You know, when, when you were wrestling, you know, so all of that. So, yeah. and, and, Then behind behind the scenes, I had elders coming into the office, you know, being very angry with me and being very angry that we were here. So and it was in that time that it was leaked. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, when when you're looking at it at this point, it moved off of the subject for me and moved more into how do you love fearlessly in this moment mm-hmm. how do you remain in relationship in this moment i am not letting go of the relationship with the members of this congress how do we do this and in all honesty you know as we're journeying through this is it didn't felt like we were we it didn't felt like we were playing the same game Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It didn't feel like we were following the same core values. Yeah. Yeah. Because then then it became very fractious, if, if that's a word. It, mm-hmm. it became very broken. Mm-hmm.
0: I felt insulted.
1: OK. Tell me more they, about that. When that happened,
0: because it was bringing up things that we had probably talked about years ago. It was kind of like the ABCs of the topic and they were bringing those up. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. We've had some very expansive topics and conversations since then. Why are we back at ABC? Hmm. What what, what went wrong here? And that's the part, like you say, fractures or either, wait, are we having an ominous conversation? Because there's no way we could be back at that topic if we were being honest of listening to each other, talking to each other and really processing this together as a tight knit group to come back to something someone said that is the ABCs of the topic from years ago. Yeah. That's what it, it, you know, for the listener, there's this part of me that wants to make sure that you don't think that there were, this was all easy. Right. There was emotion uh, I uh, you, you should know that you're going to go through there are knee jerk rea- reactions. There are biases about yourself that you're going to see and experience. And then there's this beautiful other side. Yes. Of where you feel aligned with your real values. And you go, you know what? I don't care that others would not think differently of me because I think better about me now. Yeah, it was worth it. It was worth
2: yeah. it. Yeah. And I meant just to sum up, Things that, if, if I was going to go through the process again, I think having the process conversation and the specific conversation at the same time made it really hard. Mm-hmm. If we had the understanding of the third way as a value coming into it, we would have started at a much better place. But the challenge was we hadn't defined that term separate from the conversation about gay marriage. And so, we had to fight two battles at the same time, and you know, as all you're saying, we, you know, one day we're talking about this, and then we're talking about that, and we're like, I thought we decided that <laughs> right. back, back three months ago, but now, but, but it wasn't decided. Was the issue was right. both of those com both of those issues needed to be were were key, and so I if for anyone. Who, who wants to kind of jump into these conversations. I think having that framework of what happens when we disagree, that's what we mean by third way. Not that there's a specific conclusion that is um, uh, of, of how you negotiate your differences, but do we know how we approach disagreement? Like, do we have a framework that if we disagree, this is what this is how we move forward together. Having that is foundational. And I think knowing that before you go in was, is a big learning. And then the second thing that I would reflect on was, if you have tools, I think it's helpful, and I think I heard this from you, Sophia, to really share some of your background on the issue in a safe place. Um being able to go one by one and say, this is what I bring. And, I mean, that that requires honesty, it requires openness and trust and safety. And, you know, so those are preconditions. If you don't have that, you're going to have to work on that first. But to be able to say, here is where I am, here is, you know, some of the, the, the historical experiences I've had, you know, as a child, here's what I heard from my parents, here's what I heard from my church, or, you know, whatever is relevant... To just kind of lay that as groundwork so that it to help humanize one another, like as we were saying in a previous episode i once I can there's never something that I want to say, I would never do that, or I would never think that way, and when we get some of that background information, it helps us to say, Ah, I see where you're coming from, you know, I disagree, but you know it it's not kind of completely out of the blue so as we as we kind of wrap up. What, what? as we closed the conversation and got to our statement of inclusion, how did we finally push through to the other side? We talked about that tension of, you know, the the challenges, the difficulty. What broke us through?
1: Ironically, if I believe that the reason was because those that disagreed, felt that they could no longer stay at the table. At, at Relationally, we are still in relationship, but um, at the actual elder table. And they were unable to hold the conversation because, to be honest— if they never would have left, but remained and in, in having the conversation, we still wouldn't have written the statement of inclusion because we can't. Is the way that our the way that our leadership structure works is we have to come to consensus as elders in order for something major to be moved and passed. So the reason that honestly it was able to come to pass was because those that No longer, they did not want to have the conversation. They felt we were erring and they felt that we were wrong. And so, you know, one of them moved away um, and others left. So that's my thought is, is, and because, because from that, it, it moved forward. Everybody else, but it doesn't mean that everybody agreed. So I want to be, I want to be clear you know is is there were there were elders and and our elders that don't necessarily agree with the l b g t q plus lifestyle, but they believe in loving fearlessly and they believe in the third way and and walk that line
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah I think the other part that helped push through at least um in one aspect is getting beyond the fear of what others may say, think or do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when we taught the class, uh, it, that was another thought. I'm like, oh, now I'm going to have to listen to moaning and groaning about <laughs> uh, people disagreeing. But it's like, okay, this is the process. And it's never as bad as you think. Mm-hmm. But that, for me, and for some others, is just getting beyond the fear of what may happen. Let's just go do what we know we need to do, if we know that's right.
3: You know, as as painful and as difficult as the time was in discussion and moving through was, I think in the end it was a great revealing of a much bigger transition that needed to happen for our church and yes. our team, which was this is something, there is a paradigm shift happening in the way that we relate to people and not issues. And there is a shift in our vision statement where it's a tangible shift in what we're saying is going to drive us. And from that, I believe that there was just a revealing of although we all still belong at this table, the big table, There are some people who can't come with us on this journey and this new vision for Cornerstone, which would make room for many more people where it did fit. And I think that can be a painful process, and we don't want people to leave the table because it feels sad or it feels painful and there's loss. And I also think, though, it was necessary for us to move forward in creating the new vision and the new way forward of loving fearlessly.
1: Yeah, that God had for us. Yeah. Yeah. And and I also just want to add, I know we're coming to the end, but we did bring this to the congregation at a meeting and said, look, we're having this conversation. We haven't come to a conclusion yet, but we are having the conversation, the LBGTQ Plus conversation. We have this book. And we invite you to read this book alongside of us. And there was, you know, an explosion there. And and I want to say that it is frightening. It is frightening to have people that you've walked with for years walk, you know, leave. And it is frightening to see many in your congregation also leave because they are— um, so opposed to this, but I, I do so agree with you. The beauty of Cornerstone today and the beauty of this elder team and the unity and the way um, that this opened the door for so much freedom and, and so much beauty. And so that Cornerstone could come into her identity mm-hmm. is it was worth it. It was scary you know, there was times, you know, I'm like what am I doing? Am I destroying this church? You know, what are we doing? And then I would look around the elder table and go, these are these are seasoned, learned men and women of God. And they are standing here also. And and again, we did go through the battle, but it it was it was painfully beautiful.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. 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 Well, it's a good place to stop. There's a lot more to say. Thank you to all of you, Sophia, James, Tracy, and of course the wonderful Dave Moore, <laughs> Love doing you, Dave. his Dave. wonderful Dave Moore dance. Um, <laughs> thank you for joining us in this conversation. There's a lot more to to be talked about, and we'll get right back to it. Um, but we appreciate you listening, and we just pray that you have a table to stay at this week. Have a great one.
1: Thank you. Bye bye, everybody.
0: Bye bye.
2: Stay at the Table is hosted by Dr. Tracy Saleta, James Beatty, and Matthew Kisler, and produced by Hear It Sound and Studio. Find out more about Stay at the Table at cornerstonewestchester.com.